are listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5GUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 419 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And if I'm doing my math right, this is the 74th edition of The Weekender. So we're glad to have you for The Weekender, where we talk about amateur radio contests and special events and then upcoming open source special events and a few other things mixed in between. And then we get down to the bottom of the show where we talk about hedonism, which is where all the fun stuff is, all the food and song and wine and the things that make life worth living. So thanks for joining us here for the Weekender, our 74th edition. And let's go ahead and get started. But before we do, we'll introduce ourselves. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill NE4RD. And for anybody who's wondering, Cheryl is broadcasting today from Moonbase Alpha. Thanks, Don, for that mention, uh, because she happens to be sitting next to a rather loud 3D printer because I didn't have the foresight to think about running this print before we recorded. Um, that won't happen again, but we'll just have to listen to uh, all of the weird noises the printer is making while it uh, creates stuff. Um, but in the meantime, we'll go ahead and get started and we'll talk about this weekend in amateur radio. And we usually do that by bringing Bill in and he's going to tell us all about the upcoming contests and QSO parties over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. These, of course, come from our favorite contest calendar, the contestcalendar.com, the most gorgeous contestcalendar.com in the world. So there you go. Uh, Marconi Memorial HF contest is this weekend. Uh, when is it? It's from 1400 Zulu, July 3rd to 1400 Zulu, July 4th, America. Uh, 160 through 10 to work or 60 meters. Mode here, of course, is CW because it's Marconi's mode. We know that. The Marconi Memorial Contest HF commemorates the second century of radio and its father, Guglielmo. <laughs> I know I messed that up. Uh, Marconi. It's a worldwide competition. Everybody can work. Everybody only on C-dubs. So get out the dits and dahs and dits and da your entire weekend away. Uh, also, we have the original QRP contest, and this one runs from 1500 Zulu July 3rd to 1500 Zulu July 4th. This one's on 80, 40, and 20. So just the three bands, 80, 40, 20 meters. Modes here are CW and single sideband. Uh, the contest idea is to promote creative or unconventional QRP hamming, like homebrewing or just doing it without your usual luxurious QRO equipment. Uh, this event, uh, more than other contests, has a meeting character. The results list show that many operators are taking part only for just an hour or two with a single band homebrew rig without any intention of high scoring or even winning. But if they want to prove that QRPA operators may be keen operators, they are invited to do so as well. So check out that contest if you uh, like to send low wattage stuff. Um, this weekend, there is no QSO party stuff or work to all QSO parties. So you get a weekend off. Uh, let's see. Let's see what we got to come up next weekend. Next weekend, we have the big IARU or IRU, as we like to say, uh, HF World Championship. 
And this one runs 1200 Zulu July 10th through uh, 1200 Zulu July 11th. Bands here are 160 through 10, no work or 60 meters. The modes here are CW and single sideband. And, of course, this event is to support amateur self-training and radio communications, including improving amateur operating skills, conducting technical investigations, and intercommunicating with other amateurs around the world, especially IARU member society headquarters stations. So look out for those bonus stations. And, of course, yeah, bands 160 through 10, no work or 60 meters. So check that out. Uh, next weekend there, again, is no State QSO Party Challenge or Work Dog QSO Party. So you got a got a break from the uh, the local chatter and uh, work some DX instead. So back to you for some special events. All right, and we do have some amateur radio special events coming up. First one is Colonial Williamsburg Special Event, which is operating July 3rd, 1400 to 2000 Zulu. Call sign Kilo for Romeo Charlie. Going to be operating phone on or about 7.265 and 14.265. And this will be commemorating the 245th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence in 1776. Back, back then. Back, back many years ago. Uh, next we have the Midway Museum Ship Special Event. This will be operating on July 10th from 1600 to 2300 Zulu. Call sign is November India 6 India Whiskey. They'll be operating on or about 7.250 and 14.320, but probably other frequencies as well, because they say they're going to be doing CW phone, PSK-31, and D-Star. So they're kind of all over the place. The USS Midway was commissioned in 1945 until 1992, and its official international call sign was NIIW, or NUA. In 2004, the ship opened as a museum. Its first ham call sign was assigned KG-6ZTS in uh, June of 2005. Then in July of 2005, a vanity call sign was requested, and it was assigned November, November 6, Mike Mike, or Navy, Navy 6, Midway Magic. On uh, October 23, 2006, the USS Midway was assigned NI6IW, which has been its call sign ever since. Check spotting networks to find us on HF. Consult www.dstarusers.org to find our call sign NI6IW and reporting notes to see what reflectors we're using. And they look forward to making a two-way contact with you. Well, it'd be pretty sad if it was only a one-way contact, right? So it really wouldn't get you that that uh, certificate or QSL card. So, <clears throat> all right. And finally, we have the Red Skelton Museum of Comedy Festival 2021. I don't remember ever reporting on this one before, so maybe it's a new thing. They'll be operating from July 11th to July 18th at various times on various frequencies and various modes. The call sign is Kilo 9 Romeo. The Red Skeleton Parade and Festival Kids Camp and Airwave Anniversaries event celebrating Red's birthday July 18th is what this is all about. Operating schedule, QSL, and certificate plans will be announced on the Facebook page. Kilo 9 Romeo Red Skeleton Museum Special Event and the K9R QRZ page. K9R may operate from the Red Skeleton Performing Arts Center Theater during museum hours. And drawings for items from the museum gift shop for the K9R log are possible. Ooh, you can win stuff. So stay tuned. Of course, all the uh, information about where you can find more information will be in the show notes. And somebody dumped in the 13 Colony Special Event, which I didn't even see in the ARRL list as I was going through this. So uh, the 2021 event dates are July 1st through July 7th, uh, midnight Eastern. And uh, let's see, July 1st. What What is? I hate cut and paste. Stop doing that. Sorry, sorry. That's sorry. okay. Uh, July 1st, 2021 through 1300 UTC. Uh, 2020. Okay, man, this is, this is a jumbled mess. 
July 1st, 1300 UTC, July 8th, 20, let's see, 0400 UTC. You do not need all 13 colonies to get the certificate. You do not need to get the two bonus stations for a clean sweep. Uh, and the call, uh, the call signs will be Kilo to Alpha through Kilo to Mike. So a link to the actual information about the 13 colony special event station will be in the show notes. So you can uh, ignore all of my fumbling about on this and just go get all of the accurate information on the website. So there you go. There are our special events for Amateur Radio. Well, there's more than that, but there's a few. So announcements is where we go next. And uh, I have a couple in here. The first one is I'm still working on the mailing list. I don't think this will come as any surprise to anyone, but I'm going to try and get this back together at some point. And maybe once I do, people will actually use it. We'll see. And uh, I don't remember if I mentioned this on the show on a previous episode, but I am looking for leads on places to get short runs of T-shirts printed for a reasonable cost. Uh, Online vendors or local vendors would be fine. Uh, We can do either full-color prints or one-color prints. I know one-color tends to be much cheaper, but if anybody has some leads and some good places to get T-shirts printed in short runs, we're talking like 50 or less probably. That's what we're looking for. So. If you have any of that information, info at lhspodcast.info is the place to send it or give us a call, 1-909-547-7469. Just let me know what you got in the way of doing short-run T-shirts, or if you happen to be a screen printer, you know, get in touch. We we need some T-shirts to put on the website. And uh, moving on from, uh, anybody else have any announcements or before I move on? No, nothing pressing for this weekend. No, good. And then uh, for the Linux and the Hamshack Ham Radio Challenge this fortnight, I threw in turn off WSJTX for a few minutes, Bill, and fire up from FL- my dead hands, <laughs> and fire up FL Digi to get a feel for what PSK31 used to be like in the not so distant past of amateur radios. Can't even spell PSK31. Jeez. Yeah, PISK31, whatever. PISK. 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 It's just not enough, not enough signal when you're always going PISK. Uh, anyway yeah there's other modes out there besides fta not that everyone anyone cares about any of them all right so moving on we have this weekend in open source and i threw in a distro here to try because i don't think i'd ever heard of this one before um and i threw it in here because it might be of use to somebody it's a distribution called rescatux and whether you're running a linux or a windows machine if you run into an error chances are you can use rescatux to get yourself out of the sticky situation with Rescatux, you get all the important and useful tools to fix several issues with non-booting Linux and Windows installations. The distro uses the lightweight LXDE desktop, which makes it usable even on underpowered machines. When it boots up, the distro automatically fires up its custom helper application called Rescap. The app is intuitive to operate and makes the process of fixing errors accessible even to inexperienced users. Rescap hosts several buttons that are divided into various categories, such as boot, grub, file system, and password. You can use these to fix common repair tasks, such as restoring bootloaders, repairing file systems, fixing partition tables, and resetting passwords on both Linux and Windows installs. The buttons inside each of the categories have descriptive labels that will identify their function. When clicked, they'll bring up the relevant documentation to explain the exact steps the distro will take to rectify the issue. If you are an advanced user, you can bypass Resc app and launch the rescue tools directly from the command line interface to save time. The Rescatux project also hosts lots of guides and instructional videos to help inexperienced users. So that might be of use to somebody. And, of course, links to additional information and the source from whence the uh, Rescatux distribution came will be listed in the show notes. So there you go. And we're going to go into open source events that are coming up. 
in the near future. And this is where we bring Cheryl back in from Moonbase Alpha, calling Moonbase Alpha, calling Moonbase calling Moonbase. Oh, there we are. Okay. Yeah. We're live. With- it sounds like some CWs there too. Just yeah, it was, it was super loud, which is why I was waiting. <laughs> we are now live with Outer Space and Cheryl's going to tell us what upcoming open source events there are. All right. Our first one is the Bioinformatics Open Source Conference. It's July 29th through the 30th. It is online and the cost is $55 to $230. The information is the Bioinformatics Open Source Conference, otherwise known as BOSC, has been held annually since 2000. In July 2020, BCC 2020, the first uh, informatics community conference, brought together the Galaxy Community Conference, GCC, and BOSC 2020 in a joint online meeting that attracted over 600 participants from 62 countries. BOSS covers all aspects of open source bioinformatics, software, and open source, including but not limited to these topics. Open science and reproducible research, open biomedical data, data science, open approaches to translational bioinformatics, developer tools, and libraries, inclusion, outreach, and training. Our next one is the ASWF Open Source Days. It's August 4th and 5th online, and it is free. The information for that is says, Join us for Open Source Days, a two-day conference hosted by the Academy Software Foundation. Attend to get the latest updates on Academy Software Foundation projects and other popular open source projects used for visual effects, excuse me, animation, and image creation. You will have the ability to collaborate with Academy Software Foundation community to best uh, to share best practices and innovate together. You can expect to network other attendees, attend presentations with live Q and A, and much more. And okay. that's all. Yeah, that's all because that one's already out in August. So there just there just wasn't a lot of stuff that I found. But uh, we'll we'll keep digging them up, and as the weekenders continue, we'll tell you what kind of events are happening out there as we find them. But, um, you know, summertime, people just like to sit at home and play Fortnite. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only level 39. Come on. Uh, well, yeah, whatever. All right. It's so for a Linux in the Hamtack open source challenge, I threw in here, expand your knowledge in a scripting language, whether it's one you're familiar with or not, even if it's just to pick up one or two class methods or learn a new way to do something you've already done. That was oh, sort of just Python, Python. Yeah. Pick a pick a language, any language like rust or something, you know, just and check out, check out Py auto GUI for a module. <laughs> <laughs> and Bill can tell you all about what he's doing with that on a different show because he's absolutely, he's, he's turning amateur radio into his bitch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and dive on into hedonism. That's what we're all here for anyway. And um, I think we still have our connection open to Moonbase Alpha, so we'll bring Cheryl in, and she's going to tell us all the way from outer space about her recipe corner for this fortnight. Yes, my recipe corner is a strawberry pretzel salad. I love quick and easy recipes for summertime desserts, and this is a great dessert to take to cookouts and such. Sweet and salty, so it's definitely the way to go. For the recipe, you need one package of strawberry flavored gelatin, two cups of boiling water, two containers, 10 ounces each, of frozen sweetened strawberries in syrup thawed, two cups of finely crushed small pretzel twists, which is about six cups before you start crushing them down, half cup of butter melted, a half cup of sugar, 
eight ounces of cream cheese softened, one container, six ounces of fresh French vanilla yogurt, and one cup of frozen whipped topping, like Cool Whip, thawed. In a medium bowl, stir together the gelatin and boiling water until dissolved. Stir in the strawberries and the juice. Refrigerate 60 to 90 minutes until it's partially set. Uh, in the uh, Meanwhile, in the oven at 350, mix together your crushed pretzels, butter, and sugar. Press firmly into the bottom of an ungreased 9x13-inch baking dish. Bake it for 10 minutes. Cool completely, about 30 minutes. In a medium bowl, beat together the cream cheese, the yogurt, and sh- the remaining sugar. With an electric mixer, fold in the whipped topping until incorporated, spread over the cold crust, and pour the strawberry gelatin mixture over the cream cheese. Spread it out evenly, refrigerate it until it's firm, three to four hours, and then cut it into, you know, serving size pieces. You know, each one make about 12 pieces. So uh, this needs to be stored in the refrigerator, obviously. Uh, If you want, you can top it with additional pretzels or more whipped cream. And if you have problems crushing your pretzels, um, throw them in a Ziploc bag and use a rolling pin or a hammer or the flat side of a meat mallet to crush them. So, and that's, that is the strawberry salad. Um, I've not made this for Russ. I love it, but he also knows that I love strawberries and pretzels mixed together. So, but he might eat it, I guess. Yeah, I might try it for sure. I also like uh, chocolate dipped strawberries. You can make those. Well, there you go. And, you also uh, like cream cheese filled strawberries. So. I like strawberries with sour cream and brown sugar. That's really good. And since you're kind of on a strawberry kick, why don't you tell us about your drink choice for, for this week? Yeah, well, I decided since I was going with the whole strawberry thing, might as well mention a strawberry mojito while we're at it. And strawberry mojitos are great. They're fresh. They're light. So you need white sugar to rim your glasses, two large limes that are quartered, a half bunch of mint leaves, which I'm not a big fan of mint leaves in my drink, but it's it's up to you. It, it makes the mojito. Uh, seven strawberries quartered, a cup of white sugar, a cup of white rum, two cups of club soda, and eight cups of ice cubes. So put some sugar in a dish so you can rim your glasses. Run a lime She's around a the room. <laughs> yeah, so run a lime around the uh, around the rim of each glass so the sugar will stick to it. <laughs> All right, you two. Rim, dead rim. Whatever. <laughs> that squeeze. She said rim. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> squeeze uh, lime cur- the lime quarters in the glass. Oh, get- squeeze. How did you like to squeeze it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back to Moonbase Alpha now. No. <laughs> squeeze the remaining limes into a pitcher. So you've got the, uh, the juice from it. And add your mint, strawberries, and a cup of sugar. Crush all that together with a muddler to release the juices in the strawberries and the oil from the mint leaves. Stir in the rum and club soda until the sugar is dissolved. Pour into the sugar glasses over a couple of ice cubes. So, there you go. Picture of strawberry mojitos. All right. So. Sounds good, actually. Yeah, once you get past the Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes <laughs> they come out. It's, you know, that, that's why I'm retiring to Moonbeam Alpha or whatever. So, Moonbeam Alpha. <laughs> 
All right. Well, very good. Thank you for those recipes. And I'm about to talk about something that doesn't taste like strawberries. Um, in my drink corner tonight, I am going to talk about the Undamned Spirits Thief Creek Straight Bourbon Whiskey. This is a gift that I got from Bill when he uh, showed up at Studio 3D. Uh, what was that? A couple of weeks ago now. Well, a little over a week again now. I have to admit that when I first tried this, I was, uh, I was kind of put off by it. <laughs> um, but it it has improved. It has improved for sure. So uh, this is a spirit that comes out of Montana. It, uh, as far as I know, does not have a particularly wide distribution at this point. And in fact, it may only be in Billings <laughs> at the moment. Um, but there's some information that came off the Undamned Spirits website. Uh, Thief Creek is a stream in the Beartooth Mountains that flows into the Clark's Fork of the Yellowstone River. Thief Creek Bourbon is a smooth sipping whiskey with layers of complexity. Um, I'll disagree. Classic bourbon on the nose, <laughs> some spice on the tongue, and a lasting finish that isn't too sweet. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with most of that. Um, and then also they say, <clears throat> hang it. And then also they say we are inspired by the matchless beauty that Montana has to offer. Each of our products is named after one of the streams in the Yellowstone watershed. So Thief Creek is a stream and it's also a bourbon so uh, i have a glass of it here actually the bottle is now um over half empty it looks like so uh, i will say that i mixed it with coke last night and well diet coke i mixed it with diet coke last night and it uh, actually makes a really good rum or uh, whiskey and coke i will say that now uh, as far as drinking as a sipping whiskey which they indicated is a sipping whiskey uh, here are my thoughts. Uh, the mash bill on it is unknown, but we do know that it's a straight bourbon, which means that it's at least 51% corn. I'm guessing there is very little rye in this, if there's any. Um, I'm thinking it's probably mostly corn, probably in the 80 to 85% corn, and the rest of it is probably barley. I can't imagine there's any rye in here because it really doesn't taste like it. It's bottled at 86 proof, which is 43% ABV. It does come out of a local distillery, a local craft distillery, not too far from Bill in Billings, Montana. And uh, three blocks from my office. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it is a light amber color. And when I smelled it earlier today, uh, my notes on it for the nose was vanilla, hay, or a sort of dry grass. A light citrus note could be lemon, but it was sort of more vague than that. And chlorine. And... <laughs> I don't want to make the chlorine sound like it's like overpowering, like you're standing next to a swimming pool kind of chlorine, but I definitely, you know, some, some of these whiskeys will give off some sort of acetone smell or some sort of like raw alcohol or something like that. But this had a distinct smell of chlorine. It wasn't overpowering anything like that, but it was definitely there. So let me, let me take a quick nose of it again to see if I notice anything else, because why not? We're here. No, no, it's pretty much the same. <laughs> Although the, that chlorine smell, has pretty much gone away. So that may have just, you know, from the quick open of the bottle, it may have been some of the heavy alcohol from the beginning pour. So on the taste, I get a little bit of caramel, uh, some white pepper, uh, green grass, and a little lemongrass. Uh, so so um, not, not overly complex. Let me take another sip of it just in case I find something else in here. Who knows? Okay, now I actually get a little bit of banana. So I'm going to have to put banana in the list because there's definitely banana there. And let me try one more time because it's all about the drinking. <laughs> Just making stuff up now. <laughs> and there's actually a little bit of like sweet corn. 
I don't I don't often actually taste corn in bourbon. And I think I've said this before, even though bourbon is made from corn, largely, you know, mostly corn, it doesn't often taste like corn. But there's definitely a little bit of banana and a little bit of sweet corn along with those other earlier notes. So so there's more here. I don't consider it overly overly complex, but there it's definitely not a one note uh bourbon for sure. And it is not off-putting like it was when I first poured it because it was, I mean, I, I told Bill it was bad, <laughs> but it is definitely improved. It back. <laughs> I, I am taking it back because it is, it is definitely improved as the bottle has uh, dwindled <laughs> for sure. And I told Bill earlier that I was going to wax poetic on the finish on this. So my, my notes on the finish, and they remain the same because I just had another sip and the finish has remained the same, is uh, it's a short finish with a light touch of vanilla and nuts. That disappears like the Yellowstone around the next bend. So, <laughs> there. That's my. <laughs> that, that is my notes for Undamned Spirits, Thief Creek, uh, Thief Creek Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I, I will say it's, it's light years from when I first tried it. It's, it's so much better than from when I first tried it, but it's also a little thin. It's leggy in the glass, but it doesn't feel leggy or, or you know, thick in the mouth. It's light. It's, uh, got that sort of, Light vanilla bourbony flavor, some citrusy, tiny little bit of spice on the on the initial taste, uh, and all of that sort of fades pretty quick. It's not terrible. The bottle runs. Bill can't remember how much he paid for it, but it's somewhere in the like twenty eight to thirty five dollar range, something like that. So if you happen to be cruising through Billings or just uh, you know hanging out with Bill sometime, maybe uh, get a glass of this at the local distillery. They're open from like four to eight, four days a week or something like that. Yep. It's showing up in a few bars around town as well. So it's, uh, it's slowly growing a footprint. Yeah. So, you know, and as it ages more, it may become more popular. There may be wider distribution. And of course, uh, you know, you've got to start somewhere. This is not a terrible start, uh, but it's certainly not high on my list of bourbons because I've drank many bourbons and this is uh, really not up there. It's uh, not bad enough to go down into the seventies. I'm going to have to give it an 81. There you go. And uh, as I said, as the bottle dwindles, the uh, the taste improves. So maybe by the end of the bottle, it'll be an 82. Who knows? <laughs> but, but right now, it's a solid 81. <laughs> so out of 100. Anyway, that's it. Yeah. Undamned Spirits, Thief Creek, straight bourbon whiskey. All right, Bill, what do you got? Well, I'm uh, I'm just uh, trying to go around the horn on everything I bought from Kentucky while I was there on my vacation. And uh Happen to have here Heaven's Door, a double barrel whiskey. And uh, from the website, this one is comprised of a unique blend of three different whiskeys, two whiskeys from Tennessee with a traditional bourbon mash bill and a straight rye whiskey. Each of these whiskeys is aged independently in both new oak and fresh dumped bourbon barrels for at least six years before being married together and aged an additional year in virgin heavy charred American oak barrels. Our proprietary finished barrel specification creates robust flavors of toasted hardwood in a dark amber hued finished whiskey. Heaven's double door, double whiskey, a barrel whiskey is maple charcoal mellowed after distillation, also known as a Lincoln County process resulting in a smooth finish. Yeah, that's pretty smooth. I like it. Hmm. <laughs> Take another sip of it right now. It's nice. It's uh, it's bottled at a hundred proof, so it's uh, it's not uh, weak by any means, and um, yeah, it's it's got a lot of a uh, lot of flavors, and that that 
that finish is nice and and long, like they say. They they say it finishes bold and complex with a lasting caramel finish, but I wouldn't say it's complex, but it's it's bold with a lasting caramel finish for sure. <laughs> well, they got their own but, tasting notes, right? Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're, I think they're 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 kind of you know going a little excessive with the complex, but you know. <laughs> heaven's door yeah, it tastes is, like bourbon it's bob dylan's whiskey so how can you how oh can, is it yeah i didn't even know that yeah i didn't even know that um yeah well you know it is what it is because they're not they weren't knock, open knocking. when i was there so that's you, what you were knock knock knocking on heaven's door and they didn't open <laughs> yeah i was knock knock knocking on heaven's door and they're not open on mondays or tuesdays <laughs> because they're communists like bob dylan no <laughs> <laughs> no it's uh but anyway um yeah so i actually bought this from the uh, local liquor store there um because i was perusing some other stuff and i saw that and i'm like oh, i'll just get i'll get that because i know they're not open we won't be able to swing by their gift shop or whatever but uh so i got a barrel a bottle not a barrel <laughs> a <bottle. laughs> well you're really yeah, that it's, hard it's pretty there. good <laughs> it's pretty good well you know that old foresters from earlier is still like uh still there so it uh, hasn't left um but yeah this is uh this is really good nice and tasty and uh, i like it i like it a lot Oh, very good. Heaven's Door is one of the whiskeys I have not tried. There, there are several different varieties of Bob Dylan's Heaven's Door whiskey. Uh, I believe there's rye and a bourbon and maybe uh, another kind of whiskey. Um, there, there's several uh, expressions. So, and they are well, I highly recommend this one. It's good. That's good. Yeah, and of course, I say it's good. It's probably okay. <laughs> right. And since it's Bob Dylan's, of course, you can get it anywhere. So, no, no yeah, worry I'm about sure. distribution on that particular whiskey. <laughs> So if you want to try some, go try some. All right. Well, that brings us down to the end of the show. We have done all of the amateur radio, open source, and hedonism we can handle for one 14-day period. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. But before we do, we definitely want to mention all the folks who are with us live and listening in the chat room and enjoying the show with us and commenting and uh, being generally fun while we sit here and try and entertain you. We had Don, KC9ZMY, Darren, VK60K, Ted, WA0EIR, Tony, K4XSS, Frank, KE8SHB, John, K1BTZ, Bobo Link, Steve, KA7HBT, and Anthony, N0WJE. So thanks, everybody, for being here tonight. We really appreciate that. We really appreciate everybody who uh, sends us feedback and comments on the show or supports us financially or supports us just by downloading the episodes every week and enjoying a little bit of Linux and the Hamshack in your car in your headphones or on the go or wherever you listen to us. That's why we do this. We wouldn't do it if it weren't for you. And uh, I can't say thank you enough for being part of the Linux and the Hamshack community. And with that, we will go ahead and wrap up this episode, the 74th edition of The Weekender. This is episode 419 of Linux and the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. For listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community sponsored podcast. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 8 pm Central Time plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. 
Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord you can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW that's 1-909-547-7469 visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or hamfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Mm-hmm.